Hi, my name is Neville McKenzie and I'm here with the Asia Tech podcast. Um, today my guest is Alexandra Wallistam. Yes. Um, and so Alexander, can you just introduce yourself? Tell yes, my name is Alexander. I'm from uh, Sweden. I run a company called uh, Massfluencer, which is basically an influencer marketing uh, platform with about 1.2 million high-performing influencers on a global scale in over 200 markets, where we help brands execute, manage, handle campaigns uh, with uh, the best possible output in influence marketing today that anyone can offer. Yes, so what is influence marketing? Well, basically, uh, it means you have people on social media that are not celebrities or uh, like Kim Kardashians. They're more like regular people that has built up a audience of followers because they're good at what they do. So an Instagrammer who loves dogs might, you know, take fantastic pictures, upload videos and content about dogs and people who loves dogs starts to follow this person because she or he is really, really good at creating this type of content. And all of a sudden, after a few years, this person might have 30,000 followers that are actually following this person because they're interested, genuinely interested in, in, in dogs, and they create a form of relationship with this person. So what we do basically is through big data and AI, we identify the right influencers for the right brand. So a dog brand can then talk to this person and and ask this person to endorse a new dog brand or, or, or whatever it may be, if it's food or, or a dog collar or whatever it may be. And if the influencer actually likes the brand's product, they will actually endorse it to their followers of 30,000 people that are actually genuinely interested in dogs and actually listens to what this person has to say. So how do you go about finding these people? Uh, it's basically big data and AI technology. It's, it's, it's mostly done through technology. So we have about, we have identified 1.2 million influencers all over the world. So I have 7,352 influencers in Singapore, for instance, where maybe there's about 350 really high-performing mothers with babies, for instance. So high-performing means that they have an authentic uh, followers that are actually engaging with this influencer's content. So could I, I mean, what would be the difference between me, say, Googling um, or doing a YouTube search for influencers into the dog brands and finding influencers that way? Well, basically, it's more about um, the man hours you need to spend in order to identify these influencers. It's not like you can go out to Google and say, find me an influencer for a dog brand. Yeah. You might get some celebrity or, or, or this or that, but but the world doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, the world is, is, is a little bit more complex. And, and I think that, um, uh, you know, multiple endorsements uh, increases consumer action and purchase intent. So if a person tells you, you should go and watch this movie uh, that you trust in some way or have one form of a relationship with, you might actually go and do that. But when 10 people does it, yeah. that you have a relationship with. The next time you open Netflix or, 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 or Spotify or whatever it is, you're actually going to listen to that song or watch that series or that, you're going to try it. You don't know if, it's not sure that you're going to like it, but you will try it. Yeah. And that's what influencer marketing is about. It's about reaching out to the right audience through the right people to actually give 
the brand a proper chance. Using Google and, and, and YouTube and try and find them, it's going to take you years. It's already taken us years to identify the 1.2 uh, uh, million and then you need to put advanced algorithms in order to identify uh, 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 what type of influencer they are how many fake followers there there are so many yeah oh you mentioned like fake followers you mentioned fake followers um is that a pr big problem or is that something that um you're able to solve i mean how would you solve that so basically it's it's really interesting with every new technology or new marketing channel or whatever it may be new problems arise new issues that you need to solve and basically influence marketing is no different so brands yeah. are facing a hurdle of, of of new things that needs to be solved like how do you identify the right influencer for your brand uh, how do you make sure the audience is the right audience how do you make sure that the followers are real and not uh, bought and, and 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 so on and so on and so on so with big data and, and ai it's actually solvable so uh, we make sure that we actually identified maybe 10 million influencers yeah but we scrapped 8.8 .8 because of uh, uh, they're not high performing fake followers etc 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 and uh, bogus accounts and so on so your pro your platform is it localized or is it worldwide is it worldwide so mm -hmm. we work with everyone from Disney, Unilever, Procter and Gamble. Yeah. I do. I've done campaigns in Indonesia, Philippines, Brazil, Europe, uh, Australia. I do campaigns all over the world, constantly working with thousands and thousands of influencers. Which is also a, another problem for brands: is how do I identify every influencer in the in each market, and what are the prices in every market, and how do you manage hundreds of influencers in multiple markets with different languages and so you know, the, the, and all of these problems is what we solve. Yeah. Okay. So this, um, what you're doing now, is quite new. Yes. So how did you get there? Because I mean, if you go back, say, 10, 15 years ago, there were no such things as influencer marketing. So no. how did you get there? Because I have been on the other side my whole life. I'm, I hate the word serial entrepreneur, uh, but I have started numerous of companies within uh, different uh, uh, verticals and they've all been b2c companies uh, but my constant problem was growth how do i grow my company how do i reach the right audience how do i get my product out there and get people to buy it or subscribe or whatever it may be and and for the first time i'm now on the other side where i'm actually helping other companies to do that and 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 with that experience i knew that something was lacking and and i have many entrepreneurial friends that are uh, uh, doing uh, uh, that are in this space in one way or another and by looking at the market i realized that there's a huge gap huge gap so you have 1.2 million people out there that can actually influence people, that actually matter, the, the real people that actually matters. Not the local TV star that one day was at a show and the next day she got 500,000 followers on Instagram. I'm talking about the real deal. The 19 year old girl that goes to school with a pink jacket with diamonds on the side. The next day, four other girls do, does it. And the day after that, they all post it on Instagram and the next school does it yeah. and so on. The real people, the, 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 the ones that decide whether slim jeans or white jeans are in this year. So you, um, your 
you mentioned Unilever. Yes. So what would be the split between, say, when you were the, on the other side, you were a startup. So how many s small startups do you do as opposed to big companies? What would you say your splits were? Oh no, it's it's uh, it's been always been startups. Oh, it's it's yeah. it's. I I did. Uh, I've been in uh, dating, in, in social media, gambling industry. Uh, I've been in in in, in sales. Uh, started telemarketing sales company. I, I've been doing almost every. No, what I meant was for your um for your business now. Oh, for what would be the split between helping? The small startup, as both you know, rather than the established company. Well, I would say that the the majority is global enterprises because uh, they are usually in multiple markets. Uh, so the majority is absolutely enterprises and large or medium-sized companies. Uh, when it comes to the startups, uh, it's uh, it's about the long tail there, and and it's going to take us a little bit longer before we will uh, be able to do such small budgets. So are you currently expanding or are you raising funds? We are raising funds. Uh, we're doing an uh, early Series A uh, and uh, we're talking to a very uh, a few uh, VCs uh, that we're discussing with. Uh, yes. So how are you going about that when you say you're talking? Are you, how did you find them? Well, basically finding a VC, it's not just, you know, you go and knock on doors, you need to identify the right VC. Yeah. So what can they do for you? So it's not just about money. It's, you ha you know, you have to find the right partner yeah. that can hold your hand and, and literally walk you to the exit. Yeah. So would you have used your own algorithm for that? I mean, it's, it, to me, it would seem like something that could be used for finding money or people no that can't no talk. no I haven't. yeah no. so can you just tell us a bit more how you how you got contacted them uh well basically um i do it through my own personal network or or if i am um, attending events it's a great spot great venue to meet with vcs because they are usually at every tech event trying to identify new technologies and uh, so and then you just walk up to them straight up and you tell them what you do. And you need to have a very, very short pitch. And if the first pitch, the 30-second elevated pitch, is good enough, they will take the time to listen to you. And, and, and then you can do a maybe five to 10-minute pitch. And then how do you find out if they're the right person for you? Well, basically, before you go to the tech event, yeah. you go to the web page. You see which investors are going to be there. You go and you look at their web pages. And you see which one of these could actually fit me and what do I think that they can do for me even with their portfolio companies yeah. because there might be many synergies. So in the general uh, context of things, how do you, or what challenges have you found? What's been your biggest challenge? So there is no biggest challenge as in a particular problem. See it as a puzzle. You have different pieces that needs to be fitted together. You have, to ha you have to have the right team. Without the team, you're not going to be able to solve it. Uh, uh, a very good entrepreneur once told me that, you know, you can have the best idea in the world, but with the wrong team, they won't be able to execute it. But on the other hand, you could have the worst idea in the world, but if you have the best team in the world, they'll find a way around it and make this happen. 
So, but then you also have to look at the market. Uh, what is your market? Who's your clients? Um, uh, timing, is it ready? Are you too early for the market? Or are you actually too late to enter the market? Um, you, you have to have the product, it needs to be working. You can't just launch anything, uh, you know. And, and all of these components, um, you have to make them like fit work. together yeah yeah and that is the biggest challenge uh coming up with, with an idea I, I meet 10 on new entrepreneurs on a weekly basis they all have great ideas and this and that and they might even have the team or the funds to do it but i try to tell them that that's not enough you you literally need every piece to 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 come together and that was the biggest challenge and 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 uh, but since building so many companies before i've basically done every mistake in the book you can do <laughs> so so hence today working with some of the largest enterprise brands in the world uh, even global agencies like group m etc so what would have been your worst mistake oh i the think my my it, the worst mistakes have been uh, different for different companies uh, but um, launching a product that was not ready for it meaning that in Can a week's you time you get 30,000 uh, people coming to your platform and it doesn't work and they leave then it's not easy to get them back can you tell us what that product was it was called mycube it was a uh, 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 we were we were actually uh, trying to uh, build a new social network for privacy ownership and control it was started by my mentor and and a very dear friend which has basically taught me a lot about entrepreneurship yeah. Um, so, why are you an entrepreneur? I mean, what what makes you feel this is for you? Well, uh, problems with authorities. Authority. <laughs> yeah, authority. Yeah. Now, I I I think uh, ever since I was, uh, I started my first company when I was eighteen. Uh, it was a, a sales marketing, a telemarketing sales company. Uh, which didn't last for long, but uh, and then I went to study at the Royal Institute of Technology, where I met with uh, the partners that I am actually having this company with today. Uh, I studied computer uh, science, uh, and we started another company while we were studying, which was a gaming company, and, and, and that's a typical example of when we were too early for the market. We said that we want to be one of the first independent gaming companies. And and but at that time, uh, you didn't have any social. You didn't have Facebook. You didn't have Instagram. You didn't have social media in, in terms of marketing. So the basically the only thing you had was YouTube, and if you were lucky, you could get a video go viral. But otherwise, you had to go to the larger corporations, the big gaming companies, and they would provide you with capital to do traditional marketing, or they would do the marketing for you. And we thought that we would be able to pull it off, but we weren't. Uh, so, so we were way too early. Today, there are independent game studios everywhere because you could do a one-man game uh, studio and just launch your 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 f game on your iPhone, and, and it might be have fifty thousand downloads yeah. the first week, right? So, yeah. We so, would you advise somebody to start a gaming company now? Well, if you have the right idea and if you have the right team and if you have uh, if you have the right, uh, uh, 
how would I say, uh, the the right funding. If you have if if you have everything in place, like the pieces that I talked about, and you're ready to do this, then yes, why not? Uh, I mean, um, people uh, build everything. Uh, if you start a new uh, 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 company that builds shares, I mean every office uh, uh, space here has different types of shares yeah. so anyone can make it so y you mentioned uh, team a couple of times so how do you know if you have the right team how do you know where do you go to find the right people where do you how do you know what to reward them with how, because team often comes up in conversations with entrepreneurs I think that is uh, a, a, a hard challenge uh, as is finding the right timing and all the other things. But um, I think that the best way to meet with new people is by networking. And uh, networking means you have to go out there. You have to, you know, give people yourself. You have to be able to be shown at, at different events and so on and so on. You have to you have to be very open to 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 listening to people and and you know sometimes the right person uh, you, uh, you think he's the right person and he might not actually be the right person uh, so there are no guarantees there's no secret sauce it's just you know with experience you meet more and more people you get to know yourself better you get to know what you're looking for make sure that you know what you're looking for so when then when you meet people you can ask them questions to see and so on so yeah so this is gonna be a hard question I think Mike. what would you do if say the right person's working for another company sorry if the right person you was working for another company I would steal him you'd steal her you'd steal yes, him. I would. offer him more money or her more money well it depends if 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 um, uh, so all startups uh, has to grow and the successful startups actually do grow and eventually at some point you're going to need uh, people and you have to recruit more and more people and i mean whether you go to a headhunter or whether you meet him or i mean it's all the same you give them a, an offer whether it's share options uh, higher salary uh, more fun place to work uh, I've, I've seen people leave uh, you know a job with a salary that 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 only people can dream of for for half the salary and, and a few share options and then it didn't work out anyway but at least they took the chance yeah um so where where do you see your company going in the future or where do you see your you yourself going in the future well i uh, i'm uh, basically a, a a family man with a family a son beautiful uh, wife to be uh, and um, hopefully more kids uh, and this company right now uh, we have offices in Stockholm we have offices in, in Singapore in, in and my goal here is to build up an organization here take it to the next market probably the US and build up an organization there uh, and um, make an exit so you, you're based in Singapore? Yes, it's a Singapore uh, company. Um, your family's here with you? My family's in Sweden, so I commute um, 
between Sweden and, and Singapore. So uh, a daily commute, or uh, how do you how do you uh, manage that? Daily would be hard. Yeah, I, I think it almost impossible. I think it's not feasible. But yeah. but uh, no, I do three weeks here and and uh, one or two weeks in Sweden, and and that's the way. And sometimes they come to Singapore, of course, for holidays and so on. So. So how do you find managing your time there? Is it is it stressful? Well, I get uh, three times as much work here when I'm alone because that's what I do. I work, uh, and uh, and for some reason, you appreciate you you really understand how much you appreciate having a family when you're away from them. You don't realize the the, the sometimes you you take things for granted, and and um, by 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 living away from the most the precious thing for me, it really makes me understand the, the 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 true value of life and that that is family so when you're here what would be a typical day for you i do three to four meetings a day uh, everywhere from entrepreneurs to potential clients uh, to strategy meetings uh, and then i literally sit in front of the computer answering email and uh, managing clients uh, at 6 p.m uh then uh, or or no sorry at at 3 p.m. Uh, Sweden uh the Swedish office uh, wakes up and then there's a lot of uh, meetings over there conversations that we need to uh, discuss and so on so so it's it's until 11 o'clock every night I I work and then up every morning at 6 uh so how many how many people work for you here in Singapore and well we just Spain. I just I just got to Singapore so yeah. so we got here in in uh, March April uh, basically so it's only me now so I'm about to build up the organization so I'm uh, uh, looking for trainees and and, and uh, things like that as well oh so there'll be lots of stealing going on yeah um, <laughs> I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't want to <laughs> s- uh, put it that way but uh, you're on a recruitment drive <laughs> I am on the recruitment drive yeah. yes I am so and in Sweden, how how many people work for you in Sweden? Oh well, about five or six. People. Five or six. So do you are you expecting to move your office out here or? No, we will we will have uh, one office for Europe, one office for Asia, and one office for for uh, America. Yeah. And, so and how do you see the influencer market um, growing in the future? Oh, um, I think it will be impossible to stop it. Uh, I think that you know if you go and speak to teenagers today and you ask what they want to become it's not a doctor anymore they want all they all want to become influencers so even in Sweden the public school of Sweden has uh, uh, courses or 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 alignments for influencer marketing how to become a youtuber so so it's a year uh, uh, course so I mean uh, influencers are growing and literally it allows people to monetize their, I wouldn't say hobby, it's more about monetizing what they're good at, creating content. An influencer uh, uh, that creates amazing videos or amazing this or amazing that might actually already have a day job as a uh, video producer somewhere or or anything, right? Uh, I mean, they are professionals. It's just that they are, uh, it's, it's not a profession yet. 
So you say so are those university courses or college courses? Those university courses in Sweden. I think uh, in Sweden it's uh, it's uh, I think it's college courses or so. I, I'm not uh, sure about that. So if everyone if if there's going to be a shift from um, being doctors and professionals to influencers, who are they influencing? No, of course you will still have the doctors. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just saying that it, uh, what what is booming and what is yeah. trending at the moment is uh, influencer marketing. Uh, and uh, do you think it will last? Or yes, do you think it's I do. Yeah. I think it absolutely has to last. It's it's common sense. The the truth is, influencer marketing is not something new. Yeah, it's been here since the the, the first uh, since the cavemen. Uh, so I mean, uh, we've all we always listen to other people. I mean, just actually, if you think about it, just logically, you have all these advertisement channels. When you watch TV, when the ad comes up, what do you do? Most people take up their phone, they start doing something else, they walk out to the kitchen. Uh, when you do, e even if you do pop-up ads in the in, in in your mobile, the first thing you do is where's the X? Where's the X? Yeah, you don't yeah. even care about the content. As soon as there's, if you watch YouTube and uh, a video pops up uh, with an advertisement, the first thing you do is you look at that little thing that goes around five, four, three, two. You just that's where your eyes are, and as soon as it hits zero, that's when you click it. You don't care about the video, and this is the problem everyone is facing. But with influencer marketing, it's pull marketing, meaning that I have chosen myself to to receive content from this person. So whether you do a, a, a a post that it's that is sponsored by a brand or not at least it will give the brand that split of a second or, or, or it deserves uh, 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 in order to, to to get attention so if you uh, one of the things that um, one of the issues with online marketing is um, whether somebody's being paid or not paid or they they volunteer in their their influence or advice so do you differentiate between the two? Yes. So yeah. with our influencers, we all they always have to say that this is a sponsored post. And and there are benefits with that. And the benefit is that when you send out uh, an offer to 50 influencers about a brand, not all of them are going to accept this. And that is the beautiful part of these people because they actually look at what it is that they need to endorse. And if you're a cat person, and for five years have been endorsing cats, you're not gonna go out and endorse a food uh, uh, brand, no matter how much money they provide you. Uh, and, and, and influencers with 30,000, 50,000, or 10,000, or 7,000 followers and so on, I mean, they don't get paid that much. It's not Kim Kardashian's where they get paid you know, hundreds of thousands. Uh, th they get paid, uh, you know, reasonable amounts, and 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 they can afford to say no. So they actually only post things that they believe in. How how would you know that? If I was if I logged on to an influencer, how would I know that this person is recommending brand A rather than brand B because brand not because brand A is paying them more? How would I know? Well, basically, if the person didn't like brand A, they wouldn't do brand A, because in in fact every influencer is a brand themselves so the, it's taking them you have to understand that they've been working years to build up this audience and they're not just gonna you know destroy their reputation by just posting anything 
uh, they want. There might be some that do that, but in that case, we will identify them and, and we would not recommend them for a brand. Is that something through your algorithm? Yes. You do? Okay. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. So if, if a person would have done gambling uh, uh, campaigns or, or, or this and that, we would not uh, uh, recommend that person for a brand. And what about the competition? I mean, what competition is well, out that? There? Well, there are 450 agencies all claiming to do influence marketing, uh, if not more today. Uh, but they're, most of them are agencies, and they have um, their own network of, of, of influencers. And in and, and most cases, they, you know, they might have 10,000 or, or so on, or, or a few thousand. Or, uh, but, but basically, uh, we have every single influencer in the world. Uh, that is high performing and most agencies they just have influencers they they hardly know who these influencers actually are because in order to do that you need smart algor uh, algorithms intelligence uh, and, and, and you need to do your research very very, very uh, so well yeah so what makes you better than the competition I would say the results that we provide for our clients um, so just to one of the brands that I just mentioned uh, that we're working with uh, actually had the same question as you and we did a campaign with them uh, so they s they said we're working with the best agencies in the world uh, because we are one of the biggest enterprises in the world and I said great so why don't we do a test and we did a test uh, we had the same budget and they used their agencies and um, you know if we would have gotten back with 30% better results or so I would have been happy but we came back with about 680% better results so after that, uh, we became a regular vendor. Uh, j just to give you an example, it, it's, uh, we haven't done any advertisement. And, and, and within six months, we're already working with some of the largest uh, 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 global ad spenders in the entire world. And that's through your networking or is that they came we're, to you? Uh, yeah, actually, people come to us saying that, oh, someone over there told me that I should uh, come and see you and so on. Okay. So I think that's all the time we've got. Thanks. Thank you very much for, for, for having me. I love this show, and, and I think what you guys are doing is great for Asia uh, and, and for every single entrepreneur out there, and, and, and I, I will do everything I can to support it. So, so if, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do so? They can go to massfluencers.com, M-A-S-S-F-L-U, uh, ENCER.com. <laughs> yeah. Or, or they can just send me an email at, um, uh, at uh, A W A L L E S T A M at massflancer.com. Yeah. And I think I'm sure they'll be putting notes yeah. in the show notes. So yeah. Exactly. Just, just, just yeah. Give me, send me an email. Send <laughs> me a WhatsApp. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Alex. Thank you very much. Can I call you Alex? You can call me Alex. <laughs> or Alexander. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs>